This film is lit, the podcast where we finally settle the score on one simple question. Is the book really better than the movie? I'm Brian. I have a film degree, so I watch the movie, but don't read the book. And I'm Katie. I have an English degree, so I do things the right way and read the book before we watch the movie. Look, some of us are lazy, all right? If by lazy you mean wrong. Prepare to be wowed by our expertise and charm as we dissect all of your favorite film adaptations and decide whether the silver screen or the written word did it better. So turn it up, settle in, and get ready for spoilers. Because guess what? This film is lit. school full of misfits with special abilities run by a stern but loving caretaker. It's Miss Peregrine's home for peculiar children, and this film is lit. Welcome back to the 15th episode of this film. Is it 14th? 14th. 14th episode of this film is lit, a podcast where we... Read the book, watch the movie, and then decide which one is better. Kind of. This week's episode is Miss Peregrine's Home for... Peculiar. Children. From here on out, I'll be calling it Miss Peregrine's. (laughs) (laughs) He can't say the word peculiar. I don't know why I can't say it. Peculiar. I can, it just doesn't come out of my mouth. In that sentence, it doesn't want to work so i'm not gonna say it anymore that's right though we watched miss peregrine's uh second time we've seen it we saw it in theaters when it came out Uh, i liked it a lot more the first time but (laughs) we'll get into that i guess uh didn't much care for it this time i guess we can jump right into our segments and start off with guess who get ready to hear that sweet new bumper who are you no one of consequence i must know Get used to disappointment. Okay. There it was the first time playing one of our brand new bumpers. You'll get all of them throughout the show. But that was the first one. Little Princess Bride makes sense. It was our first episode. So having the Princess Bride be the first bumper just kind of worked. Also, r- perfect line for it. <laughs> so, guess who? Katie, how many characters do we have? Um, we got two. Okay. That's not, that's not too many. I don't remember any of their names, so I'm just going to have to do this other than Miss Peregrine. So, On an elaborate Persian rug, in a high-backed chair, sat a distinguished-looking lady knitting. She was dressed head-to-toe in black, her hair pinned in a perfectly round knot atop her head, with lace gloves and a high-collared blouse fastened tightly at her throat, as fastid—oh, that word. Fastidious fastidiously neat as the house itself. It's Miss Peregrine. It's Miss Peregrine. Okay. I mean, that was pretty easy. Well, I mean, yeah, the the descriptions, that description itself isn't too far off. Um, They really sexed her up for the movie, though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, She's older in the book book. yeah she's like an older lady that makes sense she's probably like judy dench's age yeah yeah like nah evergreen (laughs) she also walks with a limp in the book no limp in the movie no not at all okay number two cadaverous black circles ringed his eyes like a raccoon and his overalls the same ones he'd worn in the pictures i'd seen were streaked with clay and dirt Except for his pudgy face, he might have been a chimney sweep out of Oliver Twist. Well, if you've seen pictures of him, it's one of the kids, I would guess. Uh, but Jesus, I don't remember any of their names. <laughs> um, we watched this like an hour ago. Uh, the only one I only remember one of their names, uh, and that's Enoch because it's a weird name. But he's also one of the only other boys in the. I'm gonna I'm gonna go say Enoch. It is Enoch. Yes. One hundred percent tonight. I don't know how I that was just <laughs> I, just because he's like the only other boy, kind yeah. of. Yeah. I, I don't know why he would be covered in soot or whatever. 
they said in the book. Why does he? What didn't it say he was like covered in soot or something? Yeah, covered in clay and dirt. Oh, okay. I don't know why he'd be covered in clay and dirt. I do because okay. I read the book. Fair enough. Well, I guess we'll get there, but I don't know why it would be. That's not a thing that happens in the movie. Unless he sculpts shit out of clay or whatever, I guess. But uh, instead of like making weird monsters. All right. Two for two. Guess who? Bam. Knocked it out of the park. Let's hear that second bumper because it's time for... Nicholas Flamel is the only known maker of the Philosopher's Stone. The what? Honestly, don't you two read... All right, I have a lot. I kind of a lot. I don't know. Mm. Little ones. Like I said, it was weird this time. Because I, I think you told me some of the things that were different after we watched it the first time before we ever had the idea of doing this podcast. Yeah. Um, but I think I mostly forgot mm-hmm. what those things were. But, uh, and I'm sure some of that we'll get to with Better in the Book versus Better in the Movie or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I do have some things that were little things. First one was just a line. Because it made me groan, because it's a, such a cheesy, cliche line that I was like, oh, God, was that in the book? Did they, did they feel inclined to put that in the movie because it was in the book? And that was when, whatever the main character's name is. Jacob. Jacob. Uh, I call him Asa Butterfield. That's the actor's name. That's, uh, I don't know. Uh, he says, that day, everything changed. Yeah, no, that's not in the book. Oh, my God. They added that just for the movie? I don't remember that being in the book. Okay. I could be wrong, like it could be stuck somewhere in there, but there's, I mean, at the very least, there's not a point made out of that line, if okay. it is, it's somewhere in the book. Okay, because it was just like right at the beginning of the movie, just like kind of right off the bat, like he's like, in that day, everything changed, and I was like, mm. <laughs> right. That's how you know you're in for a treat. Yeah. Next one, it's all stupid random things. Does the dad, when they get to Wales, does he pay some random kids to take them to the the home? No. Okay. That's the answer to that question. Because I thought it was strange in the movie. He's like, he's like, I want to go to the home. You can go to the beach. And he's like, that's not safe. Your mom will kill you. Here, let's get these random street hooligans. I'll yeah. give them $20. And yeah, they'll just take you there. Was I thought it was so stupid. Yeah, and, and then he's dumb. just like, yeah, that's fine. Okay. That's not in the book. Cool. His dad's such a weird character in this movie. I don't know if that's a thing. It's how much that gets into it in the book or, or how much of a character his dad is. But his dad played is such a strange... Like, I guess I get what they were going for of where he's not, like, a terrible father, but he's, like... Really ineffectual. Really ineffectual and, like, not very interested. But, like, at the same time, kind of tries. Like, it's weird. Like, he's... he's Yeah. Is that kind of the what he's supposed to be in the book? Or is it different? Yeah, um, I mean, pretty much everyone has more of a, like, character and personality in the book yeah. than they do in the movie. Yeah, so his his dad is, he's really ineffectual, um, he doesn't, like, he cares, but, like, the mom and the dad are, like, more so, like, having their own issues right. in the book, and, um... Part of his dad's problem is that he, like, um, can't stick to a project. Like, he loses steam really easily and, like, gets discouraged really easily, which we see, like, a little bit of when the other birder guy shows up. But, like, that's cranked up in the book, so it's it's more of a thing. Okay. This one's a big one, and I think I know the why... All right, this is very strange. It didn't even appear to occur to me the first time we watched the movie. When they go to reset the loop, uh-huh. the first time we see them do, I guess the only time we see them do it in the movie, mm-hmm. um, they all go outside and they all put on gas masks. Yeah, and then she resets it, and then they take the gas masks off. Is that? Do they put on gas masks in the book? Yes, they do. Does it explain why? Um, because that made zero sense to me. <laughs> I don't. I don't think it says why. I just assumed like I mean they're still being bombed by the Germans, so there would still be some danger of like. No, there wouldn't. They've done this a bajillion times. I they know, know by now. Maybe that, it's for the aesthetic. That's that's Maybe what I was like thinking. the way it looks. Here's the thing. What I think it was is I've seen pictures, old timey pictures, and we talked about in the prequel episode that this a lot of this was inspired by weird vintage pictures yeah. found in like 
garage yeah. sales and, and antique stores. And I think I've seen there may be a rather famous one that's like an album cover or something of like a school or a bunch of kids wearing gas masks and it's yeah. kind of creepy and I think that's why they did it or why he I wrote think it that, that way. that was a pretty common thing in World War II era. It was. England. I guess my question is just in the instance of it in the movie doesn't make sense to me. Of yeah. They know the bomb's not going to hit. Even if it did, they're so close that it would just blow them all up anyways. But they also, at this point, have done it so many times, they know that there is or isn't, they would know whether there is or isn't, like, Mm -hmm. mustard gas or something, and there clearly isn't because they wear those gas masks for all of 30 seconds. Yeah. I don't know. It was very confusing to me, and I was like, that's weird. (laughs) So, it's in the book. Uh, This one is my favorite part of the movie, the best, the only good thing in the movie. I think it's the reason, I say the only good thing in the movie, but it's like, the reason it was, like, mainly, like, one of the first trailers was, like, just this part from the movie or something like that, mm-hmm. I think, that I saw. And it's when uh, they go to, and now I know, spoilers, that these characters are different. Um, yeah. Because that's, like, one of the big changes. But does one of the characters have a hideout that is a sunken ship in the ocean that they go to? They do go down into a sunken ship. At one point, okay. Yes. And does she like? Did, is it similar where she like fills the room? Not with air at all. No. no. How do they go down there? They go. I mean, they go underwater and they have like a breathing tube oh. that goes to the surface. So they go down underneath, um, and there are like little flashlight fish down there. So it, the way it's described is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, they're like in this like total darkness and then there's these little tiny flit fish yeah. flitting around everywhere. But they just like hang out there for a few minutes and then they go back to the surface. It's not like a cool hideaway where anybody stashes things. Okay. Okay. That's uh, Yeah, I didn't know. I Because that was probably the most interesting part of the movie. Mm-hmm. That was kind of a neat idea that looked cool and uh, even though it didn't really make any sense, it would, whatever. Yeah. Following up on that, do they then raise that motherfucker from the... I assume not, because you didn't even seem like there was a shipwreck, or was it? No, they don't raise it. So they don't raise the a dead. giant ancient <laughs> shipwreck and then drive it to, to no, wherever no, the Electricity and the smokestacks don't magically works, come back to life. Everything works fine just because yeah. she touched it and lit it on fire. And all the skeletons have hair and clothes. Yeah. 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 No. No, that's not in the book. Okay, cool. Figured not. That was dumb. <laughs> I was like, well, all right. A lot of the end of this movie, I was like, this is all really dumb. This is all really, really dumb. The last, like, 30 minutes or so of this movie is a shit show. It really is. And I noticed it even more this time. And I didn't really like it that much the first time. But I yeah. noticed it even more this time. And I cared even less for some reason. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, this is this is bad. Like, this is just... It yeah. really is. It really like like like. Well, they they raise a ship and then it's just like we're going everywhere. Like we're we're they, it it barely makes sense. Like mm-hmm. they barely explain. They do their best to just say out loud what is going on, but it barely makes sense that if you're not paying explicit attention, it's a little confusing that they're going to a different time loop to come out in 2016, and then they got to rescue her and then get back into the time loop in 1943. Yeah, or else they'll all like. So it's like okay, okay, whatever. And then yeah, just with the fucking skeletons fighting and the and then and then Samuel Jackson monologuing about how he's the bad guy, even, and he has to do that because we don't really know anything about him at this point. And I have that in my notes. I was talking about it now where that part he just goes on is he's like he has a line where he goes, "Do I not look like blah blah blah?" And I'm like, this line is this dialogue, this monologue is literally just, "Do I not look like the villain of the movie?" <laughs> That has done all of these things to set up all of these events to transpire to get us to this point? Because I am. You may not know that, but I am. It's just like, oh my god. I would really like to know how Samuel L. Jackson got roped into this movie. He doesn't seem interested. Like, I want to know in what contract was he obligated to do this movie. He seems completely uninterested, and he also seems to be, like coming up with the line not coming up with but like remember actively trying to remember the weird lines yeah. as he's saying them it's oh it's a struggle that whole <laughs> man yeah the whole last act of this movie is really bad as 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 mediocre as the beginning of it is and the middle the end of it is <laughs> terrible okay 
Final one for was that in the book. And this, is, I think, because the movie just doesn't set it up, and so the payoff is, like, lacking to me, and mm-hmm. I want to know if this line is in the book, because then, it, and then if they set it up better. She says, he, she says something along the lines of, to him, of, you, you didn't make us feel safe, you made us feel brave, and that's even better. It's not in the book. So the you made us feel brave and that's even better. That's not in the book. I don't remember that being in the book, no. If that's, like, I like the other line that you asked about. If it's in there, it's different and, like, squashed into something to where there's not a point made of it. Okay. You know, to where it's not a memorable thing. Like, they make it in the movie. Yeah. Well, that's, like, her big final line to him. Yeah. Before, yeah. Uh, And to me, it was just like, wait... Were they scared of something before? Like, I, it was so weird because she's like, you made us feel brave. And I'm like, I never felt like we established that they were, like, hiding. They were yeah. in the time loops, and it's kind of hiding. But at the same time, not... I don't know. The movie never sets it up to me as that they're hiding necessarily so much as, like... I guess they are, but it they didn't seem scared to me. It was just convenient for them mm-hmm. to be there. Like, it just made sense to, like, go into these time loops because then... It, they didn't fuck with uh, the real world. Like, mm-hmm. they didn't fuck up shit in the real world with all their powers and whatnot is how it felt to me. I don't know. Like, it, to me, it just didn't... I, I didn't add up to me that, like, that all of a sudden he showed up and showed them how to be... Like, a, they just felt like they, they had no growth in into being brave over the course of the movie. To, yeah. didn't, I didn't feel that at all. So that line happened, and I'm like, wait, was that what I was supposed to be getting out of this? Because to me, it just felt like they were just chilling in their own thing, doing their own, you know, chilling in their time of doing their own thing. And then the bad guys show up, and then they they do what they can to... I mean, I guess he kind of leads them, but only because he can see them, not through any, like... right. Because they can't see the bad guys. So, I don't know. I, it just felt... I was like, that doesn't... That's not where this has been going. I, I don't know. Like that, I felt like that was just like, uh, we need a message? Well, we haven't really built anything towards a message. Uh, they're, he helped them be brave. Sure. Right. And uh, I think the book focuses more on his growth. Yeah. Okay. Which makes more sense. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I mean, it does to some extent in the movie. Like, we mm-hmm. focus on him. I mean, he's the main character, but, like, but not really. I don't know. I, I couldn't tell you what his flaws were in the beginning part that he then uh, has learned yeah. to overcome at the end. I couldn't tell you. So well, we're done with this we'll one. put a pin so, in that. Yeah, we're done with was that in the book. Let's move on to Lost and Adaptation. Just show me the way to get out of here, and I'll be on my way. Wow, was a loss. Yes, yes, and I want to get unlost as soon as possible. So his first one, and now they kind of address this, but still not really, in my opinion. Because mm-hmm. early on they say they make the loops on perfect days. Yeah. So that way, you know, it's like, hey, perfect day, we just get to da, da, da. And I was like, well, if that's the case, and since I had seen the movie and I was thinking about this, I'm like, why would you make your loop on the day when a bomb drops on your house? And not like, I don't know, the day before. <laughs> and now she says later, she was like, well, I remember how I said it was a perfect day. It's not a perfect day. Uh, and, and But the thing that makes it not perfect is that one of the, the fucking hollow shows up mm-hmm. to find them. Um, she goes, because she was in a rush because of the Germans were going to drop bombs. And I'm like, well, okay. Well, then why would you pick this location at this time? Like, the whole thing just didn't make sense to me of why... I mean, I get it from, like, a narratively interesting... From, like, the point of view of, like, when you're writing it, like, a fun, quirky, mm-hmm. narratively interesting thing to do is have the house blow up at midnight. If Except there's, like, a bomb drop on the house. Except, oh, we reverse time every day. So, right when the bomb drops, you know, like, I get w- why that's interesting and fun to write. I don't get why in the logic of the universe of this book they would make it there at that time. Whereas, like I said, if she doesn't, she accidentally doesn't loop it, or if she does, I guess it doesn't matter if she, if the bomb even lands. I don't know how this world works. <laughs> so I guess it doesn't matter. But to me, I was like, why would you do it on a day when a bomb is dropping on your house and not like a, 
the day before or a different house on a day when a bomb's not dropping on it. I guess it doesn't matter, though. What happens if the bomb hits the house and then she rewinds it? It's fine, right? Well, no. Why not? I mean, I guess because the point of the rewind is exactly right before the bomb hits, so she misses it. Then, sure, but I meant, like, if they had... If she had started the loop 30 seconds later after the bomb hit the house, the house would just go back together, right? So, okay. I don't know. This universe doesn't make sense. Well, it's time travel. I know. That was the other note. We'll get there. I'm sorry. This frustrated me. So, okay. Let me try to... They don't ever fully explain in the book why they chose that particular day. Okay. I think the implication is that the bombs are dropping, so they decide to loop, to make a loop, um, to avoid getting blown up by the bomb. Okay. Um, Fair enough. I guess I can buy that. Yeah. And it's also, it's slightly different in the book because they don't have to actually, like, it just like manually reset lives? it. Oh, okay. They say like all they have to do to keep it going is like somebody has to go in and out every now and then. And it does end up by the end of the book, it ends up they end up missing it and it doesn't reset mm-hmm. for slightly different reasons yeah. than we see in the movie. And there's not like a like the movie used this kind of weird like rewindy effect. Yeah. Um, and that doesn't happen in the book. It just sort of like jumps back to the beginning. Yeah, it's okay. sort of like there's like a bright light and it like jumps back okay. to 24 hours before. Okay. So it's, it's pretty different. Yeah, yeah, it is different. I guess so then some of my problem is with how it's I ha- shown, Yeah, maybe. I have I a problem know. with how it's shown in the movie. I don't like the rewindy thing. I get why they did that because it's more visually interesting. Like I get, yeah. I get the idea behind it. It's it, you know to visually show what's happening. Yeah. Whereas if it was just the screen went white and then it was the you know I mean you could do that, but that's like a low budget like TV version way of doing it. Mm-hmm. Whereas doing a rewinding of time and right as the bomb falls and bring it like that's interesting. Like I so I get that. I don't know. It is honestly the least of my concerns. Okay, with this I guess we'll get there. I'm sorry, I'm derailing this before we get to any of the important stuff. All right, second one is Enoch supposed to be fucking insane? And um, so why do they keep him around? And now he seems it's unresolved completely, in my opinion, in the movie because his character's introduced seems like a fucking psychopath. Yes, absolutely. And then, and then he's just kind of normal after that. Like nothing ever else happens the rest of the movie with him. Okay, so here's the difference to me. They age him up in the movie. Okay. So in the book, he's like eight or nine, oh. maybe. I mean, we could get into the idea that they're all actually like older than they appear, and we could talk about that. Right, right, right. But when it's when he's a kid in the book, he comes off more as kind of like a petulant brat, right? Than like a full blown like psychotic like person, psycho. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it's just the thing with me is is that oh, that opening scene is so strange where they where he puts the the hearts in the things and they start fighting mm-hmm. and like even fucking and again I know that her character is a different or whatever but the the fire chick in this yeah. one is like hey, hey, and I'm like this is so weird and like yeah. I, like I, I felt like. I don't know, like, tonally it felt so strange, and I was like, am I supposed to think that this kid... Like, I remember the first time I saw this, I thought they were setting him up, and maybe that's supposed to be the misdirection, but I don't think so. But, like, they were setting him up as, like, gonna be some weird villain or something. Mm -hmm. Like, he was gonna end up being, like... No, I think that is how it comes off in the movie, and that's not so much the case in the book. Yeah. Well, I mean, because they definitely set him up adversarial, which wasn't what was weird to me. What was weird to me was setting him up where his power is, like, putting fucking fake hearts and things and bringing them to life and then having them, like, having a a, a fight to the death for their entertainment. And, like, he's like, ha ha, guess what I, you can only imagine what I used to do when I, back at my parents' funeral home where mm-hmm. I brought bodies. I was like, what is, like, what, am I supposed to think that's funny like what am i supposed to think of this character because right i think he's like a fucking like he needs help like he needs to yeah. be like in a mental institution but i it was so strange i i didn't get his character and then and again in the movie they don't really ever f- he just 
at towards the end they're just cool because he realizes he actually wants to bang the redhead instead of the blonde. <laughs> the end. Like, <laughs> like, um. Okay, so in the book, that romance element, not nah, not a thing. Okay. Um, and like I said, they aged him up. Um, he's probably what like sixteen in the movie. Yeah, fifteen, 15 16. Teenager, yeah. yeah, they're all the, all the, him. The the two <laughs> girls, him and Jacob, are all like the same age. Yeah, they're all like fifteen. Um, so that kind of romantic tension subplot isn't a thing. Um, he's kind of a loner in the book. Um, he does have the same power, but he makes like little clay figures. It's yeah. not like weird. He makes like, in the movie. Like he makes Toy Story mutants exactly yeah. the Toy Story. Yeah, and, like it's not even. It's like they just ripped off the Toy Story things. Like one of them, I swear, it's like the same like six legged like. Baby oh no! Head it's up. almost it's like exactly the, exact the same, same thing. thing. Yeah, I know. I was like, well, okay. I didn't like this movie. <laughs> why do the eyes make them more human? Like why eyes? Well, they don't. It's not eyes in the book. Oh. So I could not tell you. Okay. So in the movie, just to clarify for people, the whatever... The, the hollows. The hollows, the bad guys, once they become hollows, they can become human again by eating the eyes of peculiars. Apparently it's not that in the book. It's just similar, but they just eat them, like, the whole thing. Oh. Like, it's not just eyes. I don't know why they went with eyes. Yeah. Like, I, I'm wondering, like... Were they, like, trying to avoid gore for this movie? I don't think so. There's some pretty fucked up... I mean, we see... What's her name? We see Judy Dench get eaten, kind of. It's off screen, though. Yeah, but I mean... But it, but we... No, no, no. I mean, the stuff they show, there's no way it would be worse than showing... Because we never see any of the kids get their eyes sucked out. Yeah. So, they, there... In the correlation, we wouldn't see any of the kids get eaten. Right. So they wouldn't have to worry about the gore, if that makes... You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they wouldn't Because we wouldn't ever see that happen. And the stuff they do show, like where they transform into the hollows, and like when Samuel Jackson gets his eyes sucked out, are yeah. way off the edge of where any like gore grossness they would worry about for ratings-wise. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't really know how the ratings are done either. Like, is there something about like blood? Yeah, there is. But again, they could just swallow them whole. And then you don't see any blood. Yeah. That's what they did with Judy Dench. You see her; she gets eaten, but you don't really see it. Like she's yeah. like she gets, gets swallowed and then it's gone. I, I don't know. I, this is a decision that I, I cannot even fathom why they made this decision. The only thing I could think to try to attach any reason to why they used eyes, one in the sense that. You can't see them? I'm assuming you can't yeah. see them. Okay. So, like, eating their eyes is sort of, like... Symbolic? Symbolic, kind of. Okay. But also that, too, on top of that, more symbolic that the innocence of children and how, like, when you look on things with, like, the innocence of a child, like, they okay. see things. Yeah. And sort of that, like, very innocent... Like, I, I feel like there's a saying or something about, like innocent eyes like children's like mm -hmm. how they have in it you know what i don't know i feel yeah. like they could have yeah, tried no, to play yeah. on it some way with that like sort of the re representing the innocence and like dewy-eyed mm -hmm. you know innocence of children being their eyeballs i don't know <laughs> trying to come up with a reason i don't know or they wanted a scene where they ate them like grapes yeah maybe they just wanted know. that scene that seems like a tim burton thing to yeah. do just like ah it does it this one's again. I don't know how this universe works. At the end of the movie, mm -hmm. they're in 1943. Mm -hmm. They got to go back to the 2016 loop that is like three months before, like the whole story started. The story started. Yeah. So if they go there and then he stays in that 2016, or he doesn't stay, but they he leaves from that loop, he'll mm -hmm. be in 2016, right? Three months early, right? This must, and this is sort of a heady sci-fi question, this universe must operate under multiple timelines, style of time travel, or, like, multiple, like, universe, because, I'm trying to figure out how to explain this, when he goes back in time through, that has to be branching timelines from the one where he didn't ever, or from the one he was in originally, where his grandpa died, Okay, I'm going to time out you, because that doesn't happen in the book. 
His grandpa doesn't die? No, his grandpa does die. Oh. But he doesn't, like, go back to three months before that and kill the bad guy and stop his grandpa from ever having died. So oh. there's no, like, flashpoint oh, okay. this. Like, that's not a thing. Well, that makes it a little less crazy. Yeah. Because I was trying to figure out, like, these timelines. I'm like, yeah, it was like fucking, it was, like, flashpoint where I'm like, wait, yeah. when before is after and no. Oh, I, I, and I agree that that would complicate things. So they mention at the end of the book... So okay, okay. <laughs> so the, book, the book ends really differently. Um, he stays with them in 1943. So there's, and they they mention at the end of the book that I mean he does in the movie too. He just yeah. does it the roundabout way, right? They mention at the end of the book that it's possible to like effectively time travel by jumping loops. Yeah, like you can go find a different loop and then come out of it in a different time period. Yeah. And I think that might be part of the like the next two books but i haven't actually read those so i don't know but that doesn't actually happen in this book okay well i was just wondering because i was trying to figure out what kind of time travel we're working with here and i wasn't really sure not that it matters but it was confusing me so whatever no it's nonsense yeah i'm done with that one and just i'll talk about here because this is why it was like this is this movie and i assume the book to some extent and now you say it's a good book and i'm not saying it's not but and I don't know how much of it is representative from having just watched the movie, but it feels like way too many ideas to me. Like it feels mm-hmm. like too much going on. And we literally have X Men time mm-hmm. travel, kind of like a Slayer storyline where he's yeah. like because of his grandpa was like a Slayer. I mean, not really, but I'm, you know, I'm kind of paraphrasing yeah, here. Uh, yeah. And then and then also and this I think was sent maybe is explicit to the the movie is it also this weird multi-generational multi-time-dimensional love story where it's like his grandpa was in love with her and now he is and then he like she's been in love with both like so much going on or i'm like stick to just the like the most interesting thing in this movie to me was when they were like kind of the weird creepy version of Mm x-men that was the only thing that was interesting if you want to put them in a time loop to whatever sure but, like, when they were doing that stuff and, like, using their... And that's the other problem I have is when they don't use their abilities in any way that's interesting. Like, fucking half the time they're just there not doing anything. I feel like there's a more interesting... And now maybe it's just X-Men. And like, And maybe that's... I'm just more interested in that as a story mm-hmm. than I am with this and, like, the way it played out. But the time loops and the time travel and him being like, oh, your grandpa was a great guy that killed Hollows and now you can do it. And like, I was like, ah. So I gotta, like, <laughs> come on, narrow it down. Like, it felt like it was just trying to establish, and again, I think this is the fault of the movie. It's just trying to set up so much shit and so much nonsense, and I don't have any time to care about any of the characters. Mm-hmm. And I and I don't remember feeling this way as much the first time, I think, because it was just a little novel at the time. Yeah. Watching it again, I don't care about any of the characters. I don't care about any of any of it. I just didn't care about any of it. I was like, this is all boring yeah. and like you and i don't i'm not attached to any of these characters i don't care if any of you die the only one i'm attached to the slightest bit is is miss peregrine and ava green's character because she's charismatic on screen and a really good actress yeah and like nobody else is all the other actors are terrible like they're all uh fucking asa butterfield is like stumbling over every line he oh, says and he, like he's his inflection like is watching everywhere a brick wall. oh my god he's terrible and it's just like everything i was just like i i don't care why would anybody care watching this movie mm. anyways I'm going to tentatively agree with you about too many things. I think it is a lot of things, and it works better in the book, I think, because... Like the movie, the world building is shit. Yeah. The the character development is is shit. Terrible. And that's a lot better. Like, both of those things are a lot better in the book, which really, really helps me to forgive this too many things idea too much stuff not enough space yeah i mean and and that is a problem that a lot of books have but yeah i don't know i just yeah it just i felt i felt overwhelmed and and completely underwhelmed at the same time yeah which is like never a good thing when you're watching a movie (laughs) where i'm like wait now he's like He's his grandpa was a great demon hunter and he should be will be too. I'm like, what? What is this about? Okay, sure. Uh, and then my last uh, so that was a tangent, but my last one for a lost in adaptation. 
is, and this you apparently this doesn't happen in the book, or maybe it happens in a sequel. But he says at the end of the movie, so he goes back uh, into 2016, mm-hmm. talks to his grandpa. His grandpa goes him a bunch of money and goes, ah, yeah, go, 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 fuck her, go get her, guy, <laughs> do what I couldn't or whatever. Um, and so he goes and t- t- he travels through a bunch of loops to get back to 1943. Mm-hmm. And when he's explaining how he did it, he goes like, oh, I went to 1980 and then I went to 1942. And then he says he joined the Navy in 1942. Yeah. And then he says, I spent a couple months in Paris and then she cuts him off and they kiss. And now it's 1943. Right. September 3rd, 1943. And I was like, this motherfucker deserted from the I know, Navy. I know. That's what I thought, too. He had to have. He had to have. Almost had. The average. I had to look it up and I couldn't find like whatever the minimum was for the Navy, but mm-hmm. the average term of service during World War II across all of the branches was 33 months. Yeah. <laughs> it was like yeah. th- almost three years. <laughs> and this guy joined in 1942 in the middle of the fucking <laughs> World War II. He didn't get out six months later and right. like skip off on his merry way. No, he like, that's the only explanation. He deserted. He deserted. Or, or he got hurt. He got like I, a injured, I, and, but he seems fine. Yeah. I don't know. I was like, I this motherfucker deserted from the Navy I, during World War II. When I say the last 30 minutes of this movie was a shit show, I mean, like, every single detail <sighs> it really was, was just wrong. It really was. All right, that's it for Lost Annotation. That wasn't a... Cause, and, and that was clarified earlier when you said that that part's not in the book. So. Yeah. Let's move on to Better in the Book. You like to read? Oh, yes. I love to read. What do you like to read? Everything. The book is vastly superior to the movie. Really? Yes, it is. The movie is a shit show from start to finish. So let's start at the beginning. And, okay, so like, while in a way I understand the decision to start right out with him going to find his grandpa... And, like, that whole storyline. Yeah. Like, I understand that kind of from a narrative perspective, um, starting in media res, mm-hmm. um, jumping right into the action. It's really jarring without the backstory. Yeah. I think it doesn't work. Like, you don't know why any of this matters, and you don't have any emotional attachment to the characters yet, so there's no reason to care. Yeah. It's it's they're going for the hook. It's that yeah. pre pre credits hook. Yeah, is it because they're trying to come up with something for that? I guess right. And the book starts out with the backstory about how he's him and his grandpa have such a great relationship and the stories and all that, which I mean, I guess wouldn't have made as an exciting of my because my thing of thinking what they could have done. And now, you know, you can re-guess it all you want, but what they could have done is kind of what they did later where they have his grandpa, they sit, we sit down with him as a little kid and his grandpa, have that be literally start on the opening credits, which actually might start with opening credits in this where it's like pictures and stuff. It did, it did. So take that, get rid of that, have opening credits like that and have it be that basically that scene with a lot of the pictures where, but you hear the grandfather telling this story. Yeah. And then you also see the kid, and then we go, you, you kind of establish their relationship a little bit and mm-hmm. why they care about each other. And then to have, you know, the last shot is a close-up on the kid, and then it hard cuts to him 13 or 15 instead of 6 or whatever. Yeah. And then we jump into that story the way the movie starts. That's why, but it doesn't work the way that they did it. No, I Like, yeah. it doesn't work at all. Like, the only reason that I care about these characters is because of the book, but you hadn't read the book, so tell no. me, did you care? No, I didn't care, but I, I only cared from the sense that it didn't bother me too much, only because you have to start somewhere, and where, where the, the, my biggest problem is that I don't ever, I don't ever grow to care, or learn to, or yeah. grow to care about any of these characters. Um, it didn't bother me so much that I didn't initially care about them. Because that's kind of just how most <laughs> things start. Um, and now I agree, though, that the sort of the some of the tension and drama in the moment and about his, like his desperation to find his grandfather. I don't know why so much yeah. or care so much. 
Um, so I agree in that regard, but at the same time, like I was like, yeah, you know, it's just, I just, I, yeah, I don't, I, I never cared about any of the characters, and they never gave me a reason to care about any of them for the course of the movie, and that mm-hmm. was my biggest problem. Right. And the and the movie also, like in the book, we spend a lot more time with him before he gets to the island, and like, um. There's a lot of tension with him between him and his family, um, and we see that he doesn't really fit in with his family. Um, we see the tension between his parents. Um, we see his host of mental health issues following the issue with his grandpa in the woods and all that. Yeah. That would be better because we don't get... Cause... Part of the problem is that, that we don't care, that I didn't care, is that I, didn't, I never felt like... Well, we get a little bit of the idea that his his grandpa or his dad isn't the greatest father. We never get much of a feeling that because they set up the idea that he's like an outcast. Yeah, and he he says that at least at points throughout the movie. And you know, so so the implication being that we kind of want him to find this new place and to stay with these new people because that's better than his past life. But yeah. his past life to, that we see in the movie is just sort of generic and bland. Like right. it's not like actively not good or anything yeah. it's just sort of like he seems fi- like his okay his dad's a little disinterested his mom seems fine we don't like whatever like they just the, we see him for a scene and it's like it's you right. know there's not they tell us later that you know he he doesn't feel like he he's always felt like an outcast and that sort of thing but we never see that yeah whereas in the book he's fucking miserable yeah like he's miserable all the time and like they talk about um we see a lot of the nightmares that he has which helps with his character development and becoming like braver and like facing his fears and the the movie just eliminates every single bit of that tension and character building yeah like there's no stakes at the beginning of the movie to get into it, uh, uh, this is a thing, and, and uh, we're going to do a whole fucking podcast about this one day, like an off-topic one. I'm going to write up a thesis. But uh, this, like many things, in my opinion these days, would have been much better suited as a TV series on Netflix. Oh, I agree. Or whatever, whatever, choose your yeah. network or, or provider or whatever. Um, to, I've gotten to the point now where I think almost everything would be better as a television show. I think TV is killing movies. Uh, I'm okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, that's a discussion for another day. But making a movie is an incredibly difficult thing to do. And I'm not saying making TV isn't incredibly difficult. But in TV, you have a lot more leeway. Mm-hmm. Because you have a lot more time. Right. TV grants you the space. It gives you the space to where... We get to culminate character moment, or we get to build up and stack up character moments mm-hmm. that over time make us care about a character. So even if some of them don't hit as well as other ones, yeah. Ultimately, eventually, after three or four episodes or however many, we've got enough of them stacked up that we can go, okay, I like this character. I see what this character is about. I see, oh, I've seen their flaws over the course of three episodes. Yeah. I've seen their strengths over the course of three episodes. I've seen things I like about them. I've seen things I didn't like about them. All over the course of, and it feels very natural, and because mm-hmm. you remember it, because you when you're watching later episodes, just the active the act the act of watching a television series because you don't always watch them back to back to back, so you remember it like you remember events in your own life, yeah. To where you think about that person as a person and not as a thing and the thing you're currently watching. So when you're watching a movie and I'm thinking about what that person did earlier in the movie, I'm still connected to the movie I'm watching mm-hmm. in like an active experience. So, like, a TV show is different because it almost feels like an actual events that I can think of. And so, if you don't nail it in your movie with setting up those characters and setting up those moments that you can do slowly over time in a TV show, you have to crush it perfectly in a movie. And if you don't, nobody cares. Yeah. Like, I don't care about your characters. And they blew it in this one. Like, I just yeah, didn't Yeah, no, they did. They did. But yeah, like I said, that's a whole other sketch for a whole other day is the TV versus movies. I'm, I'm more and more every day strongly on the side of TV. I, I like movies. I still like going to see movies and especially certain types of movies. But it is so difficult to make a movie that can compete and make me care as much as a TV show can. Mm-hmm. You have to do a really good job. And there's plenty of movies that do it. But it's a, it's a tough ask. And movies like this, not a... To the desk. Yeah. 
Okay. Sorry. What I... else do I have here on my list? We talked about the eyeball thing. Whatever the fuck that was. Fucking forgot that the hollows in this are like giant slender man with weird <laughs> limbs. Yeah. And that's not that's not a thing. What do they look like in the They're like they, I, they look kinda like really gross people. I could read the description. Yeah, actually. It's it stooped there, hairless and naked. Mottled gray-black skin hanging off of its frame in loose folds, its eyes collared in dripping putrefaction, legs bowed and feet clubbed, and hands gnarled into useless claws, every part looking withered and wasted like the body of an impossibly old man, save one. Its outsized jaws were its main feature, a bulging enclosure of teeth as tall and sharp as little steak knives that the flesh of its mouth was hopeless to contain, so that its lips were perpetually drawn back in a deranged smile. And then those awful teeth came unlocked, its mouth reeling open to admit three wiry tongues into the air, each as thick as my wrist. They unspooled across half the room's length, ten feet or more, and then hung there, wriggling, the creature breathing raggedly through a pair of leprous holes in its face as if tasting our scent, considering how best to devour us. I'll disagree with you here. I think they the movie did a really good job of taking that and translating in a way that makes sense for a movie. I think the movie creatures actually... Uh, reflect and resemble a lot of that description while doing it in a way that is um, not only interesting to look at but makes sense whereas if a human sized thing that was kind of just looked like a ghoul or whatever uh, all of a sudden started shooting out 10-15 foot long like the main 10-15 foot long tentacle tongue things everywhere would look a little weird and we wouldn't be I don't know. I, I would be hard pressed to to say that the, what they did in the movie isn't the best way to go about that because they still maintain all the most important characteristics: the the teeth, the the yeah, cool smile, yeah. the pulled back lips, the um, the gray skin, the kind of grossness of them. They just make them really long limbed and weird and tall. But I th- think I see. I understand what they were doing, and I think it makes sense. I I think I understand what they were doing. I just really, like, I really don't like, like, the long-legged limbed thing. Fair enough. I'm not a big fan of that. I also wasn't a huge fan of how they were still wearing, like, the shards of suits. Yeah. that really said Slenderman to me. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It did, yeah. And I'm sure they were slightly, you know, pulling from that. Yeah. Just for imagery. Whatever. Whatever, Tim Burton. Uh, we talked a little bit about the world building. The world building is nonsense. Everything is rushed along just so awfully fast in this movie. I don't want to, like, go into a ton of detail because that would take forever, but it's kind of nonsense. Mm-hmm. Um, and they eliminate some interesting moments for the sake of squashing it all into two hours, which still felt really long. Yeah. Oh, this movie felt like it lasted forever. Yeah, it's yeah, it felt long, and it needed to be longer, which is... Yeah, <laughs> which is horrific. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about Emma. Which one's that? The blonde. Oh, floaty? Because this is a huge just sticking point for me. So we mentioned earlier they switched her power with Olive's power, the redhead's power. Um, They also age up the redhead. She's a kid in the book, like a little kid. She's the one who's got floaty powers. Emma has fire powers. And in the book, she's like, she's pretty awesome and like independent Mm -hmm. and sassy and like doesn't take any shit. Um, And she's fiery. Yeah. And it bothers me that I just really get the feeling that the reason we lost all of that and made those changes was so that she could be a doe-eyed Tim Burton heroine with giant Hot Topic shoes. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, we're, yeah. Um, We got that because, I think a couple reasons. We got the switch in powers because... One, Hot Topic shoes. Two, I think more importantly, is they really liked the 
They came up with the idea. They took that idea of the underwater place or whatever. Who goes there in the book? It's still her and Jacob. Okay, so she can go underwater on fire yeah. or whatever. Or she's not on fire. <laughs> so they liked that idea. And they wanted those characters to go there. But they wanted to do they wanted to do more with it. And so they're like, hey, if we give her air, the fucking floaty air girl powers, she can <laughs> create a reverse I mean, vacuum in this room and they can hang out down here. Sure. Yeah. But it's still just it comes off to me like at some point when they were adapting this, somebody was like fire powers. That's not delicate and feminine. Yeah, enough. that's fair, too. We're going to give her the floaty air power. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because she's very much, and you see, I mean, the, the, I think the bigger, for me, the bigger transgression isn't the power switch, which is in, uh, indicative of the other switch, is yeah. is the idea that you describe her as fiery and, you know, uh, yeah. doesn't really take any shit in the book, and she is as placid and doe-eyed oh, yeah. in the movie as can be. Like, like she's, uh, when they first meet Jacob... Like, that plays out super differently. I don't even really want to get into it. But, like, the first thing she does is hold a knife to his throat. Yeah. That's not... That's not the movie character. No, that's not, that's not, the, not character the girl we met. It's not the even movie. the fire... It's not even Olive. No, They don't even no. switch it. None of them... No, yeah, none of them get that sort well, of... Well, Olive and Olive's personality is being in love with Enoch, so... Yeah, it's being in love with Enoch and, like... Yeah, see, I, that's it. It's eh. just nonsense. Like... It's just... <sighs> yeah, that's a big change. That's a big weird change. And especially, I could see that, why that would be frustrating, to say the least. To have yeah. that, uh, an interesting character with agency, and then to take that away. Yeah. And not that she has zero agency in the movie, but she's not the same sort of... She's a damsel. Yeah, she's more of a damsel in the film, for sure. She literally has to have a rope tied around her waist and drug around by the male lead. <laughs> And then at the so. end, he's dragging her across the beach on this rope like she's a fucking balloon. Yep. And then he pulls her down and hands her her shoes. I'm like, what? what? Why? Why were you dragging her on the rope if you had her sh Why? Uh, like I said, this the, not only do they make her more docile, she's literally, literally... Drug around on a leash by the male lead in this just, movie. And a lot of the problem that I have with this adaptation is a problem that I have with Tim Burton films in general. Yeah. Is that they appear, at least to me, to value style over substance. Uh, most of them. For sure. And, like, th th that really comes through for me in this movie. Yeah. Yes. Like, there are choices made that don't make any sense yes. that seem to me that they were made for the aesthetic. Yes. And there's definitely, that's a problem with movie in general, uh, with yeah. movies adaptations in general, is a lot of times decisions will be made. I know that was a lot of my problems on the first view through of Harry Potter movies, mm -hmm. where I remember thinking, why did you change that? Oh, you just changed that because it's more visually interesting, mm -hmm. that sort of thing. So it's sure that's part of it, but yeah, Tim Burton's probably guiltier of it, guiltier of it than anybody in terms of style over substance, because he's all about yeah the aesthetic. Yeah. That hot topic aesthetic. <laughs> hey, hot topic kind of took the Tim Burton aesthetic. To be fair, I, I don't even Edward know. Scissorhands. I'm know pretty sure predated <laughs> predated hot topic. <laughs> I feel pretty confident. All right, well, we hit my big things, I think, okay. for Better in the Book. So, Better in the Movie. This is going to be a 30-second seg segment of Better in the Movie. My life has taught me one lesson, Hugo, and not the one I thought it would. Happy endings only happen in the movies. <sighs> okay, so they cut a character from the beginning. In the book, he has a friend named Ricky. And I I will agree with the decision to cut Ricky. Um, he doesn't serve much of a purpose beyond story setup. Although maybe that would have helped. Yeah. Um, I honestly think. Who it might knows? Yeah. Um, so they cut Ricky. I'm okay with that. I kind of like, sort of like the way the movie emphasizes the sameness of the day. 
I, I'm not a huge fan of like everybody running around with like a stopwatch and like oh, school time. In, in three seconds this will happen. Yeah. But um but I I liked some of the details. Like I liked having Abe call the house oh, at yeah, the same time yeah, every day. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Um hollow hollows aren't supposed to be able to get into the loops which is a, a different a change that they made which actually helps with your confusion about how why they're hiding in the loops because in the book they're hiding from hollows because the hollows can't go through loops the big monsters yeah okay well i always took it that they were hiding from the hollows in the movie too yeah but I don't know. But that does make more sense because to me it? they were hiding before they've been in doing the loops long before. Right. So that to me that wasn't the reason for the loops. That was just now they're also hiding from hollows and because they've been sure, living in sure. the loops yeah. long before. Yeah. The the group of them ever, you know, tried to do whatever they tried to do, which I don't. I didn't care to pay attention mm-hmm. to, but. Tried to become whatever they wanted to immortal or whatever. Yeah, immortal. But I I liked the detail of like the outline of the hollow on the ground and like she shoots. Yeah, yeah, a little stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, the little stuff like that. Um, The squirrel is kind of cheesy, but yeah, yeah, okay. So I was all right with that. I'll admit that the underwater boat sequence is more magical. Yeah, I thought that was wonderful than what happens in the book. But all Um, it did was make me want to watch The Shape of Water again. (laughs) I still thought I still thought a lot of that sequence was dumb and like didn't make sense if you thought about it for more than two seconds but it's cool it's oh, visually oh cool. yeah no it it's it's you got when you said magical yeah none of, it doesn't make any lick no, of sense yeah. like physically or like rationally yeah, makes no, no sense i just thought it was a fun sequence like it's just <laughs> yeah, it, is, it is a fun sequence like yeah it doesn't make any sense at all no and that was all i have all right cool Done with better in the movie. Time for the final verdict. Now, uh, are you ready for your sentence? Sentence? But there must be a verdict first. Sentence first. Verdict afterwards. I mean, do I even really need to no, say it? No, you don't really need to say it. Oh. I mean, but do, so we have it on record. The, the book is vastly superior to the film. Like, this this isn't even, it's not even that it's a bad adaptation. It is. But this is also a bad movie. It is. It really is. And I, I for the first time, I think it was interesting enough visually and unique enough and had enough fun moments in it mm-hmm. for me that... I, I still didn't really like it. I, I think I remember saying like C minus or like I remember thinking it was like a really mediocre movie, but like one of Tim Burton's better movies he's done recently. Yeah. Uh, which, again, wasn't saying a lot because it's like Alice and <laughs> I don't even remember what else he's done before. I don't even know. Yeah. On second viewing, it was so like i just i was i i realized i was like i don't care about any of these characters mm-hmm. i i i vaguely understand the premise of what's going on here and it could be interesting but i feel like i'm hearing a super condensed sl- and um like a super condensed version of an interesting story but i'm also hearing almost like a boring v- uh episode not episode what's the right way to say it a boring Take the same universe, take Miss Peregrine, take these kids, sure, even take that kid, the main kid, Jacob. Mm-hmm. Tell me a completely different story where I don't care about Sam Jackson's care. I don't care about that and them take, like, it's too big of a. I think I want a story where they're not fighting big, evil monsters mm-hmm. and, like, and, like, uh, Sam, whatever the fuck Sam Jackson's supposed to be, which they don't really explain. Like they're human, they were, they were, they were whatchamacallits, right? They were the timekeeper yeah. people. What were those called? M M grains, Embrins. Well, they were, they were peculiars. Yeah, they were, but they're time yeah. peculiars. Oh well. No, they wanted to use the power of the Embrins. Right. So they were peculiars, and they wanted they so like and so there's like these peculiars that became evil and like. 
now they have to like eat other peculiars. To, like I don't. That's not interesting to me for some reason. I, it, it just sounded boring. Even the, just talking about it. I want. I want take this story because what the, the the core of the story is about these strange kids who can't live in the world. Yeah. Because of who they are. Tell me a story about them f- conflicting with the world. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Tell me that story and have it be have it relate to like. Kind of like what, like, a Wonder Woman did, sort of, mm-hmm. to an extent, where even if you want to bring in s- some of the, like, monstery villains, but have it directly related to their uh, real-world clash that these people have. I don't know. I, I want... I was like, the, you can do this in a way that's interesting. The story I'm even getting here, even if it was done well, I don't think I would care that much. It's just not that interesting to me, mm-hmm. of them fighting against these other peculiars that took an embryo and sucked its brain out and it turned them into monsters. And I'm like, ah. maybe if you had set that up for a bunch of time, like for a long, like if he was Voldemort and you had mm-hmm. set this up for six movies and explained all this universe and everything, like maybe I would care then. But in one movie, I don't, that's, uh, it's too much and I don't care. Well, if I ever get around to reading the second one, cause I'm pretty sure in the second one, they're just like running around World War II era London. So maybe that would be more like what you're looking sounds for. Sounds infinitely more interesting <laughs> to me. To, sounds infinitely more interesting because that, yeah, that is... Way more interesting, or at least potentially, than this movie was. And, and yeah, and, and the worst and the biggest sin with this is none of the characters were interesting. Yeah. Or I didn't care. Other than, and she's not even in the movie that much, honestly. Miss Peregrine is barely in the movie. I mean, yeah. not barely, but not as but much as you no, would think. She's not, I mean, for being the title character, and she's the f- not really the cover, in it. Yeah. She's in it, but not like as much as I was thinking. Um, she's a bird for a lot of it. So... <laughs> Yeah, because she was the only one I, I cared about at all. Because, again, Eva Green has that sort of mystery in her face and behind her eyes. And the way she plays the character feels like there's more there. Mm-hmm. It's sort of dumbledore but, like, you know what I mean? Where it's like, I, you just I can tell there's yeah there's something behind those eyes that I want to know what's going on. <laughs> but we don't ever get any of that. So don't it doesn't matter. Like, we don't find out anything about her. Tell me that story. Tell me, tell me, young Miss Peregrine's story, like or whatever. That's way more interesting to me. Just don't tell me this story. It's boring. Well, and certainly don't tell it the way the movie did. And, de- and definitely don't tell it the way the movie told it. That's ugh. all right. <laughs> Sorry, I think I complained have... more than you did. <laughs> Jesus, we may have said everything that there is to say. I'm sure there's more. Uh, oh, no, that I mean, skeleton could... sequence is a nightmare. They're, they're, the skeleton sequence are like, hey guys, what's what's cool? Uh, dubstep? Sure, let's. It's not even dubstep, but like some weird, like techno, vaguely yeah. dubstep music, and we'll have like a drop when a skeleton's like come out, and it'll be great, and it'll be awesome. The kids will love it. It was so stupid, and it, and it didn't even they didn't even do anything interesting. Interesting. They're just fighting the big guys, and I'm like, just. Yeah. It, I really, really meant it when I said the last 30 minutes was a shit it show. It is a fucking mess. And then, I, like I said, I already talked about it, but it was just Sam Jackson literally just monologuing to explain yeah. why we care about our, who gave, he is. They gave his character, like, extra stuff, too, and I was like, why? He's, he spent so long just explaining in that thing yeah. to his other friends who know who he is, he what he's on about. He doesn't have, like, shape-shifty powers Oh, well, that's, in the book. that's how he dies. Yeah. So how does he die in the book? He gets away. Oh. That's why they have to chase, they have to go. Oh, Okay, so he doesn't get eaten. No. All right. Well, like it's all it's all different. <laughs> it's not even the same thing. Oh, it's terrible. It's awful. It's really not good. It's read the book. Just yeah, just read the just book. Read the Don't book. bother with this movie. Please. All right. Well, that's going to do it. For this episode of This Film is Lit. As always, please rate, review us on iTunes, Stitcher, or anywhere else you download our fine podcast. Check us out on Facebook. Just search This Film is Lit. Twitter, at This Film is Lit. Reddit, r slash This Film is Lit. You can actually see right now on our subreddit in one of the comment threads, there's a, a link to a Google Doc of the entire book list that we have currently, of every book on our list. I am extremely thorough. 
It's hundreds of them. This is in no way a promise that we'll ever get no. to all these oh, things. No, no, no. We couldn't physically. I think we will be dead before we could ever get any of these, <laughs> all of them. But, I just write everything down when yes. I find out about so it. So if you want to see what we have on our list and then add any more recommendations, we'll probably at some point put up a specific thread for recommendations, which makes yeah. sense. But on the subreddit, this film is lit. You can find that list. It's in. There's only a couple posts right now. Just click through the comments. You'll find it. And you can look at it and see all the stuff we have on there and stuff that's coming up. Some of them... You know, you can kind of maybe guess what some of the things we might do based on movies that are coming out soon and theaters, that sort of thing. What are we doing next? Oh, what are we doing next? We are doing a movie that uh, we have a personal connection to, Brian and I. Oh, are we doing? We are doing Gone Girl. Yes, I knew it was coming up soon. I didn't know it was that quick. Bam. Gone Girl. Excited. I'm so excited to talk about this movie because I watched it one weekend while you were out of town. I had never watched it. And this is so that for anybody that doesn't know, we've talked about this before. And we'll get into this in the prequel episode. But it was filmed in the town we live in. Uh, most of it, like 90% yeah. of the movie was filmed here or something like that. And so we have some personal connections to it. And everybody was astounded that I hadn't seen it because I took I had for whatever reason, I just didn't see it for like two years after it came out. I uh, finally saw it one week and you were out of town. I just like turned it on late one night, was watching it. Really interesting, well-made movie, but it made me feel weird. Uh, we'll talk about it. Okay. It'll be interesting to see how you feel after you read the book versus after you watch the movie. We'll talk more about it in the prequel episode next week, but yes, Gone Girl. Get excited. Gone Girl, right. next episode. Until then, keep reading books, keep watching movies. Just don't watch this paragraph. It's home for peculiar children. Read the book. Dummies. <laughs>